there we go. So let me know if you can't hear me. Sometimes Zoom doesn't love my podcast microphone. Let's see if I can turn up my audio. Microphone, I'm going to turn it all the way up so you guys should be able to hear me pretty well. So questions about coaching. I have my Room 1 necklace on. So if you're a Room 1 member and you didn't get one, let us know because um, we still have some extras because I bought enough for all of you. Um, I'll send them to you. They're copper. They come with a little cleaning thing if you didn't know what those sponges were. So it makes me remember you guys and what we're doing in the work, which is great. Um, sneak peek on book club for January if you guys want to buy a book before the year end is um, Thinking Like a Monk by Jay Shetty, which I think I'm on like I'm a couple chapters in and it's very, very good. He trained for a monkey. I don't know. You guys might not know him. He's a, he's viral. He's big in social media and he trained as a monk for three years after going to college in England and now lives in LA and is very, very big in like the mindfulness thought work. I think he's got his own coaching thing at this point. So that's our book club for the end of January. We're going to release those dates and times probably the rest of this week. So raise your hand if you want coaching or type in the question and answer box if you have questions. Um, there's a raise hand button at the bottom for you guys. And I have a nice blank piece of paper to write down thought models. So what we're doing for 20 to, well, I'm waiting for people to raise hands and waiting for Jess to come in. Um, what we're doing for 2022 is we are simplifying, simplifying, simplifying. A lot of feedback we get from people. Um, Jess just says they're actually ready in the operating room. She says this never happens. We might not see Jess today. Um, so what I'm hearing for, you know, from a lot of people is like the overwhelm, right? Of like coaching's too much. Uh, I don't need anything more on my to-do list. So we're kind of simplifying and like, you don't have to think about joining every single month. It's just a year long. You're in boom. You're here always. We put it on a podcast. We put it on video. So if you can't make the live, you can always listen to it. I listen to podcasts on my commute a lot. Um, so simplifying that, simplifying into quarterly themes. We're going to start with mind because we all live in our mind and our brains. I think it's a lot harder for us to live in our body, to feel our feelings, and then live in our spirit and figure out who our spirit is, our soul, whatever that means to people. So we're going to start with mind, body, spirit, and then the last one will be work, which will be knowing what you're worth, negotiating, standing up for yourself, leadership, all the work things. But I'd say the majority of coaching in room one is work-related stuff because being a surgeon, it's just there's just so much as far as colleagues and nurses and patients and bureaucracy and big institutions and gridlock. There's always, there, being a surgeon gives you many, many, many things to coach on. But even I sometimes am like, what should I get coached on today? And like seeing kind of what's underneath things is really where the thought downloads come in. Thought downloads in like the coaching world means journaling, but it doesn't mean journaling with like an intention. It literally means like whatever's coming up in the brain, you just get it out on paper. And there's something about that process of making you be like, whoa, I had no idea that was in there. I had no idea I'm trying to figure out that problem. So it's not like journaling in the like writing about anything. It's more just like dumping out the mind or what they say, cleaning up the mind is like getting it out so you can see what's going on in there. Cause like thinking about thoughts doesn't always work quite as much. So thought downloads and for people who like, 
can't make the coaching sessions or aren't in room one, thought downloads is something very simple that helps you see a lot what's going on in your mind. And you don't need to be in a coaching group or have a coach or anything like that to benefit from thought downloads. So I'll give you guys a second to raise your hand if you want to come on for coaching. Otherwise, I think we should do um, what I will plan on doing is intro to the model, which I think would be very useful for people to hear about. Okay, feel free. Type questions, raise your hand. Otherwise, we're going to talk about intro to the model. The model is... Brooke, Brooke Castillo is the one who says like she invented the model, she created the model. You can't patent this. It's just a way of seeing the world or seeing your thoughts or seeing seeing how you've created results in your in your life. And she's the first to say like the model is universal. So there isn't like just it's just the way the world works, like gravity, right? Like nobody invented gravity. Some people just like discovered it first and then like figured out how to apply it. But it doesn't mean like it doesn't mean it didn't exist before somebody really kind of made it popular, right? Gravity was always there, the model was always there. So her thought is the world is neutral. The world is circumstances. The world is interpreted by us and how we interact with the world or judge the world or navigate the world is all kind of on us. What, what happens out there is neutral. Um, so that's what the circumstance is. Circumstance is whatever it can be. My husband, my dog, my nurse, it's rainy today, whatever it might be. So circumstance. And when we coach, we try to make this as neutral as possible. So you can't put like judgments in there. Like my husband's an asshole. That's, that's you judging on a neutral. You can say, my husband said this, quote, blah, 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 provable in the court of law. Husband said that it happened. But any judgment on that as he was being angry is your interpretation of his behavior. So the circumstances try is, is we try to make it as neutral as possible. Circumstance creates, we, uh, our five senses and our brain interpret these neutral circumstances. So circumstances create a thought. So thought. I think one of the for me, the two biggest things that I got out of coaching, like big, like big co coaching universal concepts are number one, just awareness of your thoughts and seeing your thoughts. And I think most people exist never having been told you can actually, you are the seer of your thoughts. A great book for this author is Michael Singer. What did he forget what it's called right now? Uh, I wouldn't say unbound Michael Singer, basically like he realized like, I'm not my thoughts, I'm the seer who sees my brain having thoughts, right? And so coaching like really brings awareness to like, oh, I'm thinking this. This doesn't mean it's who I am. It's just what my brain's doing. I am the person who's seeing those thoughts. So kind of an awareness. And the other thing that awareness and the skill of that awareness does is it starts creating the space between the circumstance and then however you respond to it. So between the circumstance and my thoughts about it or between the circumstance and the actions that end up happening. Because we are taught in our society, my nurse did this, so I did this, my nurse created this. Like, no, because of my thoughts and my feelings and my actions, that's what happened. Nurse saying whatever is neutral. Um, 
might not feel neutral because of how you're interpreting it, but there are, there's always so many different ways to respond to a situation in a lot of cases. So number one coaching is that seeing the thoughts and then creating that space between stimulus and reaction. Very, very powerful skill. Um, the other thing about coaching, since this is kind of an hour about like coaching 101, we're surgeons. We get that. That's why this group is so freaking amazing because it's only surgeons. We all completely understand the training we've been through, the trauma we've been through what it feels like when a patient has a bad outcome, what it feels like when we feel not part of a group, um, is we all just want to like be super good and perfect at this right away. And that for me, it like was a big barrier of like, I can't be a coach because I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. I am still an asshole sometimes. Like I wasn't about a month ago. I was an asshole hands down. Just, I was just a jerk but I'm getting a lot better at that. I'm seeing that I do it. I now own that behavior of like, yep, I did that. I said that and that wasn't the right way to, so I own it a lot more, um, which allows me to like apologize. Cause it's like, I just, I was an asshole because of X, Y, and Z. No, I was just an asshole. But the point being is like, when we get into the beginning of coaching, we just want to like nail this so that we're just like, perfect all the time. And that's not the point. The point is not, there's no perfect, like maybe the Dalai Lama is perfect. Maybe, but he probably says he's not. And like all these monks going back to the Jay Shetty think like a monk is like, they didn't start out as monks. None of us started out. It's like, this is like a skill and being perfect is not, is I would say it's not obtainable. Like I have asshole tendencies. I'm still going to be an asshole. Does that mean I don't like practice this completely change my life because of it and like love it so much I want to teach it because I've seen how much I can change my life because of it. But I think that was for me a lot of shame of like, I can't be a coach. I'm not this like mellow roll off my back sort of thing. Like I'm pretty sassy and spicy and like, is that okay to be that coach? And I'm like, people actually, yes, yes, it's okay. And I'm not perfect. And I hope that brings more people in because they realize like, I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. You are not perfect. Okay, so circumstances create thoughts. Thoughts create feelings. So the thoughts are the brain waves, our prefrontal cortex. They can either be automatic, they can be uh, like purposeful, right? Like I'm going to think about what thought to say. Um, I think that's another interesting thing about monks is like they care about what words they say so much that that's how they speak so slowly is because they're like so intentional about every single word. Um, so intentional thoughts, automatic thoughts, thoughts that have been there for years, brand new thoughts, all that stuff in our brain create a sensation in our body. And that sensation or vibration in our body are our feelings. So thoughts create our feelings. Feelings are a new concept for surgeons. Um, when I started this, I still joke that my feelings are like surgeons feelings are tight. <laughs> what am I feeling besides tight? Um, and really getting in touch with like, what am I feeling? Number one, what am I feeling? Number two, do I think I should only have good feelings all the time? And the coaching thought is, 
feelings are they're good and bad we can label them but they're all part of the having a life experience i think our society really tells us to aim for happy all the time you shouldn't be sad you shouldn't be upset you shouldn't be angry you shouldn't be and in the coaching world it's like all feelings are there you can't experience the quote-unquote good feelings without having those bad you wouldn't know what good felt like if you didn't have bad you wouldn't know what happy felt like if you weren't sad they're part of the human lived experience and accepting them is how you process them and pushing them away or trying not to have them is really where the suffering comes from not accepting them telling yourself it's not okay and this again feeling our feelings is a lot where kind of the buffering comes from Overwork, over social media, over drinking, uh, overeating, eating mindlessly, because we inevitably just want to be not feeling a feeling, whatever that might be. Um, social anxiety, loneliness, sadness, um, stress, um, boredom, right? I don't want to feel the feeling of boredom, so I'm going to scroll on social media all of those things. So feel there's so much work to be done in feeling feelings, especially for surgeons who were basically trained that we shouldn't have feelings, right? If you have feelings, it's bad for you. It's bad for the patients. Um, we can't handle our feelings. Patients can't handle us having feelings so much about ignoring feelings that really coach work gets into a lot of feelings. And I joke, but I'm like, I have not felt as many feelings as I felt in 2022 one um for me the big coaching like thing that wouldn't have happened in 2021 for me had i not had coaching in my life was what was it, it was june june 2021 i was like i'm gonna stop drinking mostly because i wanted to i wanted to understand why drinking was so much in my life and when you take it away all that shit kind of comes up of like the urges, why are you getting urges, how to feel an urge, how to process through an urge. What is an urge, right? Like this, this huge need to get some dopamine, right? Because I don't want to feel X, Y, or Z. So feelings is huge. There's tons of work just in feelings and coaching will definitely help you explore that. But also just as our group of like, I had somebody who just was very sad about something and was kind of the, you know, the difference, they talk about the difference between coach and friend. I'm like, a friend is going to help you feel better. The friend's going to be like, don't be so sad. You're a great doctor. Here are all the good things. And a coach is going to be like, sadness is completely, a completely reasonable thing to feel in this situation. Let's feel the sadness so we can process the sadness and move through it. Because if we keep trying to resist the sadness of our job all the time, that's where destruction can come from because we're like I shouldn't be sad I shouldn't be sad this job makes me sad instead of like let's feel the sad so we can process that and move on so that we're just not that sadness isn't kind of bubbling up waiting to be processed for longer than you need it to be so tons of work to be done in feelings so circumstances create our thoughts which create our feelings feelings drive our actions Again, this is where I, I think a huge powerful of the, the power of the model comes in is we think, well, I, I did X because of Susie. I, I was an asshole because the nurse was lazy, right? No, I was an asshole or I said, I said these things or I did these things or whatever because I was feeling indignant because I thought she didn't care. 
right? So it kind of all, you start to break out like how you're responding to the world and realizing you have all the power because there's all of this that you get to control. And if you don't get to control it in the, in the moment, cause it happens so fast, you get to start to like see it afterwards and bring in that awareness of it, which is very cool. Um, so circumstances create our thoughts, which drive our feelings, which make our actions, which create the results in the world. So results. And that my friends is the model that we teach. Um, CTFAR is how Brooke Castillo abbreviates it. There's a lot of, you know, there's so many different styles of coaching too. I think the coaching that me and Jess do is very awareness-based, very much like we don't know what's best for you, you do, but let's bring in the awareness of what's happening in your life and what results are you getting and focus you how to get there. I think a lot of executive coaching, leadership coaching is really like, I'm just gonna tell you what to do to get the department chair job and like put, push you to get there. But ultimately, if you're doing that for somebody else, if you're doing that for that coach who's like your cheerleader and cheering you on, you're not doing it for your own self, for your underlying desires, it's not gonna be yours, right? Instead of like, we know you have all the answers. Our, our job is just to kind of pick apart the spaghetti pieces to help you see it. Um, and the other part I think that Jess brings in is that she's done a lot of trauma education and trauma coaching, which believe it or not, as people who've been trained to be surgeons, we've experienced a lot of trauma. Number one, trauma in our education. Uh, number two, trauma in just what we see with humanity day in and day out. So kind of the trauma that we, we experience as surgeons, she brings a lot of that in. And she'll, she'll kind of flip the model upside down a little bit more and kind of be like, sometimes we don't know what the thoughts are. We're really going from gut instinct, whether that's kind of trying to avoid reliving trauma or what it is, but does a lot more kind of with that feelings part of it, coming from more of a trauma-informed way of thinking about our life. Because um, a lot of thoughts can be subconscious. So whether it comes from thoughts or from feelings, doesn't really matter. It's just kind of being flexible in how you kind of bring an awareness to what's going on in life. So that is the model. That is, we talked about um, our style. We talked about why, why did I, so I got in, why did I get into coaching? I got into coaching because as a urologist, I started getting very interested in female sexual dysfunction because I give Viagra to everybody every single day and I had a patient, a female, cry um, in my office because she was not sexually active with her husband, who she loved very much. And I realized I didn't have any knowledge on that. And I was like, is it true? Is it true? Because I was told in residency that nobody knew. Like, women were just too complicated. We didn't know about them. And um, I started researching, and I was like, oh, no, we know a ton about female sexual desire and dysfunction. We're just not taught it. And the more I kind of dove down into it, I realized the brain is our biggest sex organ and our thoughts about sex from what society tells us and past relationships have told us, our religion has told us, our education, lack of sex education has taught us, right? Is like our thoughts about sex drive our results. More than lube, more than I'd say hormones, more than 
knowing where the clitoris is. It's like you can know where the clitoris is and how to turn on a clitoris and have an amazing vibrator, but if you think sex is just for a man or sex is on your to-do list, right, these thoughts that we have about sex, you're not going to have a great sex life. So I was like getting into coaching, realizing the brain was everything. So I, I got like probably the only person who got coaching certificate uh, certification because of sex <laughs> and ultimately wanting to be like a sex coach and help people realize your thoughts about sex drive your results. So, I mean, this model works for anything. It works great for sex. Um, but if you say, I just need to get this over with because I'm tired at night, feeling of either avoidance of sex or feeling like it's a chore, right? You're not going to put a lot of intentionality into your own pleasure. You're not going to have a great sex life. So sex is neutral, right? It's our thoughts about it that create that sex life that we want. So that for me was how I, so I, so I started researching um, the life coach school, talked to a couple of doctors who'd done it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not surgeons though. So, so I'll probably get kicked out of the surgery club if that happens. So I actually contacted Jess. She was one of the very first, cause she certified a couple years ahead of me and um, contacted Jess, orthopedic surgeon. Are you legit? Yep, she seems legit. She's still working as a surgeon. Um, and then I joined and then I met a couple other. There's actually quite a bit of OB-GYN certified a life coach school. There's probably about 300 certified life coach school physicians now in America. Um, so I took the plunge and now I teach it. And Jess and I, we were like, you know, who really needs this is surgeons. Had I, had I known this in residency, right? Had I known this starting out as an attending, had I had a group that cared about this early on. So I'm, I'm 10 years out of residency now. Um, so it's basically creating, we created what we wanted to see exist in the world. Um, and to keep it with female surgeons. Because again, understanding and having that group who can understand your, your shared lived experiences, I think is so incredibly powerful. So my friends, that is what I had 23 minutes in to talking about coaching. Um, type if you want to come on for coaching or raise your hand and we can talk. I'll give everybody about a minute and then we'll probably just call it if nobody has any questions. I'm trying to think of, you know, if you guys want to hear about, if you want to hear about me some more, if you want to hear about like how I use this in day to day or stop drinking or all the things, just type it in down below. See if I can get a estimate on Jess. I think she's in the operating room. It's okay. All right, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to change. So this is how it works for people who don't know how this works. I change your name. We bring you on if you want to keep your video off. Um, so we try to keep this as anonymous as possible, which I think is very comforting for people. So I'm going to rename. I'm going to call you Snowy Pacific Northwest because we have like 10 inches of snow here. And then what I'm going to do is promote you to a panelist. Yay. Okay, come off of mute and we'll chat.
Should that work? Yep, you're good. Cool. Hi, hi, hi. Hi. This is my first time. Um, uh, I mean, I've listened to all the podcasts, but my first time, I guess, talking on one of these. And I also, I'm waiting to go to the OR. So my hope is that um, our turnover time will be just fine for the timing of this. Totally. Just let me know when you have to go. Jess was like, our turnover time is forever. I'll totally be on for half of it. And she's like, oh my God, this never happens. Yeah. Yeah. We had a lot of cases canceled today. So um, it might be quicker than we think. But um, I will say that I joined room one about, I don't know, three months ago after I had had a bad complication in the operating room. Um, And I was just having a really hard time with my thoughts and emotions about it. And this coaching model has really helped me immeasurably with sort of working through these things. Um, And the patient is fine now and everything is okay. But what I have been struggling with is that I think I'm, I'm three years out of a two-year fellowship and five years out of residency. And I was always like the most confident one. I, you know, sort of the, the most productive and I still am, I'm very high volume surgeon, but I feel like as time goes by my anxiety, I've never had anxiety before and I'm starting to get anxiety and I don't quite know where it's coming from. Like I'm waking up at night thinking about patients. I can't get back to sleep. Um, And if a patient has a complication, I I take it really, really hard. Whereas before I, I just didn't have this sort of somatic response before. And it's just been, it's been tough. I had to take a little bit, you know, take a a week of vacation and and take some more intentional time off. But um, yeah, I don't know why, why now this is, I feel like it's very unsurgeon of me, you know, where I didn't have that before. Have you done, have you done any kind of thought downloads about it? Um, I, not really, I guess. I mean, I, I've talked to the other guys in my group. I surprisingly enough, my husband, who is not medical at all, has helped me the most where I'll, he'll say, well, what about this surgery made this, you know, more difficult or made this happen or, you know, and I was like, Oh, you're right. I didn't even, I didn't think about it. I was putting it on myself and making it really personal, Mm -hmm. but, um, I don't know. I just, to the point where, when I have a complication, I just say like, is this attainable for me for the next 30 years? The way I feel right now, where I feel sick to my stomach and I feel like, you know, I can't eat, I can't work out. I'm just worried. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, and it. I think most of us have been there, and I think yeah. I mean that's what's so powerful about the the room one group is like, oh, these are like universal issues, which just mm-hmm. makes it so much less like, well, you're the one who isn't dealing well, right? Of like, no, 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 these are like, this is one of the hardest freaking jobs. I was there. Somebody did a quote. It was like, if it wasn't a calling, nobody would do it as a job because it's such a hard job. Right. I agree like, with that. Like, yeah. And we're like, we can't we can't just call it a job. Sometimes mm-hmm. I do because I think we can depersonalize from it, but like yeah. it's very, very hard. And for somebody to take it all on of like, I'm just the one that it's hard for, of like, no, 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 this is all of us. Nobody wants bad complications. Nobody wants our patients to have bad outcomes. But it happens. Yeah. 
universally it happens, you know, like the old attendings of like, you haven't been doing it long enough if it hasn't happened yet. Right. Um, and I, you know, I, I agree with you. I think the, the model of like, just even just making two columns, right. I've just like, you know, since we don't have a lot of time of like, you know, something you could do, like making it like drawing a line on a piece of paper and being like facts, thoughts. Yeah. And be like fact patient needed a blood transfusion, whatever, right? Uh, you know, whatever patient had to spend three nights in the hospital. I had to get general surgery involved or whatever of yeah. like facts. And then all the thoughts of like, I'm a failure. The patient could have done better with a different surgeon, you know, like all of these yeah. thoughts that it's not the facts that eat us up. Mm -hmm. It's the thoughts that eat us up. Right. Cause there's, we're so good at shaming ourselves and we're so good at like getting under this blanket of like wait what's what's actually the true and what's actually just this, the crap i'm adding onto the burden of an already icky situation yeah yeah that's a that's a good point that's actually a good idea to to do the other thing that i feel like has been difficult for me is i do a lot of reconstruction that's my subspecialty and i think when i was in residency and doing just a lot of you know life and death, like cancer and, and trauma things, sometimes the complications, I think for me didn't hit as hard because you'd say, well, we got your cancer out and you know, you really needed this. But for some of the stuff that I do, it's, it's, it's totally elective. And for to have, to have these complications, I'm like, man, gosh, should I even be doing this, you know, at all? And I'm, you know, fellowship trained. And it's just, it's like, they come to you to not have the bad stuff happen to you, to them. And then, and then they have the bad stuff happen to them. It just is, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's super hard. And I think that's why I mean, I'm super stoked you're taking on this coaching because I think, I think surgeons who don't, it just gets to be like the, the mud is too thick at some point. Mm -hmm. Right. And like the burden yeah. is too heavy. And you know, what a coach, I, I'm kind of like the think the thinker or the person who's seeing you being coached right now, right. Of like what a coach would do when we have, when we have time and, you know, going forward through the months is like, really what we do is we would pick a circumstance and we would pick like your main thought and like, we'd really dig under that anxiety. And then like you start looking at opposite thoughts or alternative thoughts and being like, isn't it also true that because you're fellowship trained, you get the sickest and the most complicated of all of them. Yeah, that's true. I rarely get a, a virgin situation of that's never been touched. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, and, and only to, you know, a lot of what coaching is, is, is not to get rid of the thoughts that are there. Because I think so many people, especially when they're beginners, they're like, I'd like to get rid of this thought of mm -hmm. I'm not a good surgeon or whatever it is. And sometimes we can't, we can't get rid of it. Like it's in there and like we've practiced it so much. It's like a highway, right? right? We can't just get rid of it, but we can be aware of like how we're buffering, which is one thing. I don't want to feel that. So I'm going to try to like distract myself. Right. Number, number two is all of the other thoughts that feel so true that kind of expand what's, what's possible. So for like, for a fellowship trained person is like, of course they do poorly. They're they're at you because they've done poorly, right? Right. Like that's that's already how they are. Otherwise, like the people who aren't fellowship trained would have already fixed them. And like 
just doing thoughts that also still feel true, not to like change your mind or make you jump to all rainbows, but to be like, of course I'm going to have bad outcomes because these people have already failed X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That's, that's a good point. That's a good point. I just, I hope it gets easier at some point. It gets, it and gets easier. Does it? It does. <laughs> I mean, I, I have to tell you, it gets easier. I've, I've, yeah. gone through I think most people who stay in the game have gone through some sort of burnout because you have to figure yeah. out you have to figure out like what do I need to be healthy physically mentally for this job right right because you don't have like the fun joy and like you're not fun when you are in training you don't follow these people you know right. Like, right. you don't see them four years later still in diapers yeah you know like That's when you see point. something once you're out it's it is a very different picture than mm -hmm you know, in residency when you're like, look at all these, this interesting, complicated stuff. And then you're like, oh, that keep coming back and telling me how much they're still in pain. Um, but, but I think there is something about like, once you're out, it is very different. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and coming up with those tools of like, you know, being able to see your thoughts and realize, you know, the awareness of them and, and how the thoughts are kind of what's, I don't say destroying you sounds very dramatic but like weighing you down versus is the patient's problem actually what's weighing you down. Right. You know, right. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. This, this is what I could, because then you're in complete control of all of it. And it's, but it's, yeah. you know, it's like the whole, like monks are perfect. It's like, you're never going to be perfect and you're never going to not have shitty feelings. Like, you know, for us to be like, I want to be happy about all my complications. No, like you're not going to be happy about them, right? Yeah. But I think being in a safe, number one, being in a safe space of people who are like, yeah, we all have complications. Right. Like, that doesn't exist in surgery. That doesn't exist, you know, in, you can't just go like talk to your family about that all the time. Um, but yeah, I think it gets a lot easier. And especially when you s surround yourself with people who get it. Um, yeah, just, that's been really you're helpful. not alone anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's been really, the, the room one has been super helpful with that. Being like, oh my gosh, somebody, you know, I think everybody thinks that everyone's just doing so great. And yeah. And, but, and I think you're right. I think there's a lot of past trauma even just with our training that comes in that that affects us how we do things and how we think about it well and i think you know it's, i think what comes up i like two universal themes now and having in room one being like 14 months old at this point is number one our perfectionism our perfectionism destroys us yeah and you know and to be like if you think that you're supposed to be perfect and never have complications and everything's going to be easy and you don't take these, you know, horror stories with you to the next one, if you don't like process it, you know, you just carry it. It's like perfectionism really gets us. And then I think the other universal theme is having your own back of like, we never get taught that of right. like, you made a decision. I'm just making stuff up now. But you made a decision on Tuesday with all the best information that you had, and you did the absolute best job that you did. Your job now is having your own back. Right. And I think we spend yeah. so much time being like, I should have turned left. I should have triple checked. I should have chosen not to operate. Instead of like, I did the best I could with what I had, and this happens to be how it turns out. 
yeah I have my own back because the right yourself up for the rest of your life is absolutely possible. right hindsight's uh, always 2020 what's that good point hindsight is always 2020 you so know? much so yeah. much um yeah I, I, like i'd say those are like the two universal female yeah. surgeon themes that keep coming up is like that and you know having your own back that kind of be the bigger picture of like loving yourself no matter what right right, right. And, yeah and no that's important huge and so foreign yeah. and that it's the, the perfectionism of like oh here i am trying to be perfect again so that everybody loves me and nobody has a bad outcome and like i end up just destroying myself yeah that's that's the end result yeah mm -hmm. well thank you kelly i appreciate it and for real, for real, for a plug for this, for this platform, it, anyone that, I mean, I think that, and this is coming from someone who thought they could just muscle through all the stuff and who just really felt like, you know, she was the best and she was made for this. And this was her life's calling. It, it has helped me a lot, a lot, a lot. So anyway, awesome. thank you. For absolutely. You're yeah. so welcome. And best yeah. of luck today. Thanks, dude. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that was so good. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, anybody else? We've got 20 minutes left, which is more than enough time. Raise your hand if you wanna come on, do some coaching. That was kind of like global overview of coaching than like coaching on like a very specific circumstance. But since today is kind of like open to everybody on what coaching is and stuff like that, um, I kind of wanted to keep it broad. Then we'll always go more narrow and back in like our private room one groups. So raise your hand if you want to come on. I know there's a couple more of you here. Um, I'll give you guys a couple minutes. Otherwise, we'll let you go have your Monday. Checking in on Jess. That's okay. All right, my loves. Thank you for joining us today. We will see you in room one. As always, leave your questions and comments. Um, I'll post the links as soon as they're up. And I love you. And we'll see you in 2022. Awesome.